This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. So imagine this, you're bored. Looking for something to do while work is slow, you pull out your phone and go on TikTok. You're scrolling through the For You page, and after a while, you start to notice a trend. Signs that you might have depression. If this describes you, leave a comment. All 14 official ADHD behaviors you need for a diagnosis in under 60 seconds. Signs you have social anxiety. Hi, hello. It's Anne. Let's go. One, you rehearse everything that you're going to say out loud in your head first. Two, you pay close attention to your own behaviors while in public. TikTok is now a destination for people to swap notes and talk about mental health, developmental disorders, and self-diagnosis. But could there be a catch? I think it can be really scary when you get one of those and it's like, oh, so you're telling me I have more things that I need to unpack now? Great. Vox's own Rebecca Jennings explains. When you talk about discussions that involve especially disorders like anxiety, ADHD, um, things that are spectrums that, you know, everyone has felt those feelings before. Like anxiety is a human emotion. Distraction is a human emotion. You know, even dissociating is like something that happens to most people at some point in their lives. Um, And it's really hard to talk about this stuff without sounding like you're some like conservative person being like, all these kids are pretending they're all snowflakes. Like you, you're fine. You're not actually sick. You're like toughen up. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's that you sound like that kind of stuff. But I think the problem is that, you know, we tend to really, really identify in these buckets um, of, you know, I'm a person with anxiety and like, I am a person with anxiety. I am a person with ADHD. But I think when we try to have conversations about them, it turns into very personal, very identity-based, very um, focused on, someone's label as opposed to their experience and the person themselves, I guess. So it sounds like you had a personal experience with this dynamic, right? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, So (laughs) I report on TikTok a lot. And so it took, you know, about three days maybe before TikTok to start serving me like ADHD content, which... You know, I, I expected because ADHD is a huge topic among young people. It often comes in the forms of TikToks being like, So you either eat nothing or you eat way too much. Or you either do like 30 things at the same time or you do nothing. Sort of ask yourself all these questions and you like have self-doubt and you are, are do you like forget to turn in your homework on time? And obviously most people can answer yes to a lot of those things for a lot of times in their life. And so, and then the end of the video, the punchline of the video will be like, you probably have ADHD. Sensitivity to sound or touch. I cannot personally stand the feeling of towels. I either have to use a damp towel or my hands or body has to be wet. And certain guitar sounds, specifically on a phone speaker, just send me over the edge. What I think is is a bit odd is when um, they get super, super specific and niche. Like I found, I got one TikTok where it was like, do you feel like you have to be perfect and you compare yourself to others 
And, you know, you're not super anxious, but you're like not super chill or something like that. And then it was like, that means you have high functioning anxiety. Four hidden signs you have high functioning anxiety. You're a high achiever on the outside, but an overthinker on the inside. You appear calm and put together, but you need reassurance. You perform well under pressure and work yourself until you burn out. Then you overplan and procrastinate. You're cheery and helpful because you people please and lack boundaries. Like high functioning anxiety is not a real term. Like that is not a thing. <laughs> it's like it's called being a person <laughs> because everybody feels anxiety at some point in their lives, uh, sometimes every day. Um, and so I think this really big urge to categorize every single feeling and pathologize every single single thing and is is a bit dangerous because I think it divorces us from our humanity. Well, you've been covering TikTok for a few years. Can you sort of pinpoint when this mental health content started to become more popular? I mean, I think from the beginning, to be honest. Um, I joined TikTok when it kind of first launched in like the fall of 2018. And like, you know, it was like weirdos posting like thirst traps. And I was like obsessed with it. And I was like, how do these people exist in real life? Um, And then obviously a lot of really funny people started joining and it became just like a genuinely funny place to be and, and a really exciting place to be. And then you get the sort of people that really want to be like YouTubers and they're like sort of rehashing old viral YouTuber Facebook videos um, where it's like crazy facts you didn't know or like, you know, guess what? Buckle up. That kind of content that's like on every platform. Once those people started coming along, um, that's when you get a lot of guess what? You might have depression if blah, 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 blah. Or guess what? You might have had a narcissistic mother, <laughs> which I, I hate the, the the parent stuff. I think it's awful. Or like, guess what? That's a trauma response. Um, and obviously everybody should be going, uh, like, th- I think therapy is great. Everyone, everyone should go to therapy, but like <laughs> therapists don't typically tell you, well, the answer to your problem is that you have high functioning anxiety or that you had a narcissistic parent done solved by it's like that is you know the beginning of many 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 conversations so a lot of the issue is that you know tiktoks are short up until recently they were 60 seconds or less now they're three minutes or less and so you don't get a ton of nuance and obviously these topics are extremely extremely nuanced uh, when we're talking about like individuals mental health and also therapists aren't powered by an algorithm but tiktok is but is there more to why mental health content is becoming popular on TikTok than just the algorithm? Yeah. I mean, I think TikTok is obviously really popular with young people. We know that. And when you're young, you're sort of on this path of self-discovery. You're sort of figuring out who you are and you're trying on different identities to see if one fits or one sticks or one feels good. Teenagers and young people like love talking about mental health. You know, it's, it's like it's a way to sort of explore their own brain and their own experiences and sort of sift through the chaos and try to make sense of it. Um, And so I think it's really natural that mental health content is so popular because, you know, A, it's a way to connect with people that might have similar experiences and, and B, it's also just like a way to like think about yourself and your life and, and try to uh, find maybe a community that shares that experience. And it's also sort of native to the internet. Self-diagnosis has been around as long as we've been online. There have been places on Reddit and Tumblr where people get together and talk about whether they have an illness or what life looks like for them. Google is, you know, maybe the most famous doctor. So what's different about these TikToks? I mean, I think one is that TikTok 
serves them to you rather than you having to go look for them. And for a lot of people, they feel like the TikTok feed knows them better than they do. You know, like there's a really beautiful essay about realizing that you are bisexual because this TikTok algorithm keeps serving you bisexual content. And and, and people have really like made some like pretty amazing self-discoveries just based on what TikTok has served them. And obviously we like to pretend that the TikTok algorithm is extremely like mysterious and like, and I mean, it is obviously no one like knows and it changes all the time, but it's, I mean, it's based on user engagement. You know, it's, it's essentially the same sort of algorithms that we are sort of seeing in a lot of the rest of our lives. So it just happens to work very quickly because, you know, TikTok videos are short. You can go through them very quickly and you spend a lot of time on TikTok. And so, you know, within a couple of hours, a couple of minutes, TikTok has figured out what you like, what you don't like, what you spend time on and what you save and, um, and what you might do with that save. So that is a lot more powerful than, you know, have, going on a YouTube binge because maybe you can watch five videos in an hour or you can watch a hundred. But is that problematic? This algorithm-driven self-diagnosis, you know, potential spiral? What are the pitfalls of self-diagnosis on social media? Some of these diagnoses tend to pathologize behavior that is completely normal or typical or whatever word you want to use, extremely common. I talked to psychiatrists uh, and psychology professors who gave a really interesting framework about thinking about this stuff, which is that like everything that's in like the DSM-5, every sort of mental disorder that we talk about is often not a black and white thing. It's it's more of mental health is only a problem if it's like affecting your ability to do the things that you want to do or your, your ability to socialize or work or, you know, enjoy life. If you are saying that you are extremely sad and you have depression, then you probably have depression. You know, it, it's not like something switched off in your brain and then you're fucked forever. It's It's like, is this affecting your life? How is it affecting your life? How can we deal with it? And pathologizing um, is often really not helpful in those circumstances because it makes people think that, you know, just by naming it, you've kind of figured it out, you've solved it, and that's it. And it makes people feel really good because it's it's more like black and white thinking. But really, the harder work is sort of how do you build a better life with the brain that you have and <laughs> the life that you have? Like, what, are, what can we do with that? Um, and... So when you see a lot of people just sort of um, being like, well, I have this or well, I, like, or you can't say that because you don't have this or like I like so often you're seeing content from people who are like, well, I have this. So I'm an expert on this. Therefore, you can't talk about this. And meanwhile, like they're not a doctor. They're not a psychologist. They're not a therapist. There are someone whose lived experience they say is like matters more because of X, Y, Z. And, you know, this isn't really helpful to anybody. Um, and obviously there are a lot of amazing mental health communities on TikTok and the rest of the internet, but so much of it is, um, kind of hostile. I wonder if there's also an upside, like maybe this trend is making people more aware of mental health issues and we're discussing them more. Do you think that's true? Yeah, absolutely. I think like this is sort of an effect of the fact that mental health is such a less stigmatized topic than it was even like 10 years ago. And that's partly in thanks to social media and people being comfortable talking about it. And so I think when people talk about like, oh, the rising rates of anxiety, the rising rates of ADHD, it's like part of that is just people talking about it more and people feeling as though maybe I should talk to a therapist or maybe I should go see a doctor. 
um, which is great. And I think like this is sort of just like an outgrowth of that. Um, and naturally, you know, when when something becomes an, an a topic that is a huge part of like the cultural conversation, it's it can get a little toxic sometimes. And that's sort of what I was trying to do with this piece. It's like obviously we love the fact that people are taking mental health seriously. People are talking about it. People aren't feeling less alone, like sharing tips on how to deal. Like I think one of my favorite parts of TikTok um, is, is not like the, you have ADHD thing. It's the ADHD community where it's like, here's what I do when I like have a bunch of annoying tasks that I need to do. Like, this is what I use and maybe this will help you. Y'all, the best technique I've ever used for keeping food from spoiling is the ADHD-friendly fridge method. Place the most perishable items like produce in the door. You hurry me front and center so you don't forget about them. Next, I don't eat that much meat, so I made a cheese and tofu drawer. Just shove all the condiments in the bottom drawer because you're going to be rifling through them anyway. Drinks on the top shelf to stay hydrated. Snacks in the middle shelf. I have kombucha instead because just don't ask. The bottom shelf is for spreads and leftovers. And there you have it, the perfect fridge. Fun to walk, tick to walk. Enjoy, enjoy. Having a mental illness isn't just like, okay, you have a mental illness. It's like, okay, this is something that like is creating maybe an obstacle to living the life that I want to live. And how do I live that life regardless? And, and I think like those, the communities where those kind of things are being talked about are really awesome and really helpful for me personally. And what else did the mental health professionals you talk to say about this phenomenon? Do, do they have patients coming in saying TikTok has diagnosed me with depression and I'm here to get the medicine? I think probably the same thing that happened with like WebMD in the 2000s to like doctor, like to like hypochondriacs going to the doctor all the time because WebMD told they have told them they have like XYZ disease is probably happening with with mental health. And um, and a lot of times that can be a good thing because it can be like, okay, well, that got you into the into this office, which is, you know, the 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 stepping part, the stepping stone. I think what they sort of are are wary of is sort of are people's um excitement about finding a diagnosis or or figuring out like what it is that like they can just turn off or turn on that like is the key to the way that they've been feeling or the way that their brain works and most of the time it's not like that you know it's like a thing that ebbs and flows things are spectrums things are things are just like part of life that aren't maybe going to show up in like the DSM-5 in the exact way that it presents in that one person but you know, you can still learn from what people with that diagnosis have learned from living with that disorder. It occurs to me that this trend on TikTok of self-diagnosis and, and maybe the, the trend of self-diagnosis on the internet in general might point to a larger problem. Uh, maybe it's a mental health crisis with young people. Maybe it has to do with our healthcare system in general. Do you think there's a, a bigger picture to look at here? Of course, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think the Surgeon General the other day just, like, declared that social media was, like, a mental health emergency for young people. And I think it, I agree with that. I think, like, if if young people keep saying, like, this is kind of destroying my brain. This is destroying my self-confidence. I hate myself because of what I see online. We need to listen to that. And I think that has a lot less to do with this kind of over-identifying with a certain diagnosis at the expense of, you know, the other parts of yourself. Uh, I think that has to do with, you know, life now and, like, the way that we spend our time, which is a lot of time looking at screens. And that's wildly more important than, you know, this stuff. If you are a person that, that, that 
has self-diagnosed online and then you don't have access to healthcare, that's a way worse problem than someone who does. Because what do you do with that? Like people need access to healthcare and we as a as a society, like we we all need that, not just people who, you know, have anxiety or ADHD or whatever. All right, Rebecca, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced by Tori Dominguez and engineered by Christian Ayala. Is there a TikTok trend that you've noticed and want to tell us about? Email us at recodedaily at recode.net. Thanks for listening.